Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion That's a boss move maneuver, billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer, put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me? I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Mouse Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm joined here by my co-host, Jaren. What is up, guys? Today, we are going to be recording a bonus episode because at about 6 a.m. Central Time, um, I guess yesterday, for those listening on Tuesday today, um, we're recording this slightly before midnight on Monday, the Mavericks, um, it was reported by Mark Stein, actually, um, within his story that Facundo Campazzo is going to be waived by the Mavericks en route to Kemba Walker signing with the Mavericks. The Mavericks um, semi-addressing that third ball handler spot after a 9-10 and 10 start to the season. They've obviously had some glaring issues in that department as we, and basically all the fan base, um, kind of hypothesized that they would. Um, before, I guess, we get into the podcast and we go to the ad break, uh, Jaron, when did you see that Kemba Walker was signing with the Mavericks and what was your immediate reaction? Yeah. So I think that I'm not going to lie. We wrapped up that podcast last night. Yes. Me what, and Jaron stayed up till about 5 a.m. And then <laughs> I, I was, I posted the podcast. I mean, this was egregious guys. This is the type of work that we were putting into mainstream maps with our, <laughs> you know, conflicting schedule here. And um, yeah, I mean, like, we wrapped up the podcast around five and I like just finished editing it around like five 45 posted it. And then like mere minutes right after, right. As I'm about to go to bed, like my phone starts blowing up and I see Kemba Walker sign with the Mavericks and I'm like, Oh man, I got a tweet about this. <laughs> so um, that's what I was doing. I believe you woke up to the news. Is that correct? Jeremy? No, I, I woke up with a sheer four hours of sleep uh, to a bunch of messages, bunch of notifications from Twitter and I'm not gonna lie, I don't know what to think of it, but uh, yeah, that that was like what, like 10 a.m. Woke up to it, and I just smiled and classic Mavs. So he smiled and nodded, just like a, yeah, as as yeah, a good Mavs like, fan. What's it? Uh, uh, one penguin from Madagascar. I'm forgetting his name right now. Uh, smile and wave, boys. Yeah, smile and wave, boys. Yeah, um, but nonetheless, um, yeah, it's like a very like. You know, it's. I don't think any Mavericks fans are overtly negatively reacting to the move, nor are any Mavericks fans really overtly positively reacting to the move. But we're going to break it down just in terms of the Mavericks process to getting to Kemba Walker. You know, what this front office has basically done in terms of the moves they made over the summer and um, or the lack of moves they made over the summer in route to Kemba Walker becoming a Maverick, you know, the, some of the PR from the Mavericks, we'll get into some of that stuff. And then of course we'll get into Kemba Walker, the player, what does his fit look like the Maver- with the, with the Mavericks, of course. Um, but before we do that, here's an ad from our sponsor anchor. All right, Jaron. So getting into it, like we said in the intro, of course, the Mavericks are waving Facundo Campazzo and signing Kemba Walker with their last roster spot. The Mavericks continue their trend of signing players well past their prime that they had targeted like three or four years prior with this Kemba Walker signing, uh, just like with DeAndre Jordan and Darren Williams. But that's just, you know, more of a funny side note, um, you know, looking into just the process of this move, right. We'll, we'll get the negatives out the way first. Yeah. 
what were your thoughts, um, I guess, in terms of your immediate reaction when you saw the Kemba Walker signing be reported from the standpoint that the Mavericks could have easily pulled the trigger on this likely before the season even started and, you know, forgoed the whole Composo debacle, you know, and the, the, the search for another ball handler, you know, during the summer, the Mavericks really did not acknowledge that they need another ball handler. They thought by committee per Mark Cuban that, you know, Frank and, you know, Theo Pinson and Josh Green were going to be able to um, basically salvage the ball handler situation. And, you know, that almost seems as if there's some sort of disconnect because I don't know how much uh, GM Nico Harrison shares those same sentiments, uh, you know, he, he, while he did as well on the Locked On Mavericks podcast during their media day thing, he did um, talk glowingly about how the Mavericks could sort of um, mend this ball hand or situation by committee. He did say that, but then at other points during the offseason, he was also preaching flexibility and, you know, talking about yeah. how Jalen Brunson you know, did leave a void. So it kind of seems like something weird's happening in this whole debacle, but we really don't know what it, we can only speculate, you know, nothing's confirmed, of course. So I, I just kind of really want to get your thoughts on the whole process in terms of how this went down, you know, the Mavericks neglecting to, you know, sign another minimum guy telling Dragic he'd only played one of, you know, one of every five games, basically the Faku role that we saw that Composite was relegated to um, in his brief little stint here. And of course, just, you know, giving up on Faku after 19 games. Do you think the Mavericks legitimately believe Faku could contribute in the third uh, ball handler role? Or do you think that they really just didn't acknowledge that a third ball handler was that much of a need on this team? Do you think that they just saw it as this sort of uh, sort, kind of redundancy? They thought that, you know, the scoring was going to be able to be reciprocated by Christian Wood and um, you know obviously with the signing of JaVale McGee for some reason the Mavericks may have just thought that you know they basically filled gaps on their team uh, that they didn't have last year but in um, but with Brunson departing of course um, yes they may like filled different gaps and left one behind but they would essentially play differently stylistically and you know still be as good of a team what do you think kind of was going on in the Mavericks brass's head when, you know, just throughout this whole process, because obviously, um, you know, by us, of course, and by a lot of fans on Twitter, it's definitely coming under some skepticism and criticism. Yeah. You know, I think the Mavericks in a sense, they going into the season, you know, we always preached there's a one clear hole on this team on this roster. And that was the third ball handler position. Um, it it kind of seemed like the Mavericks, I don't want to be, I, they they just stuck their head up uh, their butt and I don't think they were really willing to listen. Uh, I don't think it became apparent until when was Faku signed like four games, five games into the season. No, um, no, no. He was signed before. Oh no. Yeah. He was, yeah. He was signed like before right, right after yeah, the yeah. season game. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Um, but I don't think it became apparent until like training camp. And I think they kind of looked at the Faku signing as a near band-aid. Uh, up until early February, whenever trade deadline is. Uh, clearly, that backfired. I don't think – I think early on into that experiment, they kind of realized that Faku isn't the guy that they thought he could be or what he even was in that one little short stint in uh, Denver for that one year. 
Um, now with this Kimball Walker signing, there's a lot of things that led up to it. You know, from the Goran Dragic non-signing, I guess you can call it. Uh, of course, Faku and everything like that. I think the Mavericks had plenty of opportunities to sign guys that you can argue are better than Kimba. Um, and again, I don't want to make that argument now just because um, we don't know what we're going to see. Kimba Walker barely played his stint in New York. Um, a little lackluster, but that was a really bad Knicks squad uh, that kind of seemingly drove a lot of players, not drove a lot of players out, but like the Cam Reddishes, Kimba's, like they didn't really get a whole lot of playing time on that roster. Uh, so I don't know if I, how much I want to take away from his 37-game stint in New York. Um, but with that being said, you know, I how many other times did the Mavericks have to sign a guy or Kimba Walker type caliber players um, leading up to the season? And I'll, I'll fairly say there's probably multiple times that they could have done it, and they chose to do it 19 games into the season. I think Kimba Walker, um, I know we'll get more into like the fit and everything, but I think it's going to be a much better fit than with uh, with Faku. But, you know, leading up to it, I think it's definitely a rocky road. I, I, in a sense, I think this is the Mavericks finally owning up and be like, look, like we messed up. <clears throat> we messed up, but, you know, we realize our faults now. Let's just move on, and hopefully by trade deadline we can acknowledge this problem. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying there. But, you know, one thing that obviously is concerning, to say the least, is, you know, the fact that, the Mavericks seem to, you know, have, they always end up having to own up by their actions rather than their words. You know, they're always seemingly telling the fan base that, you know, Oh no, we got this under control until the fan base proves them wrong once again. Right. And, you know, it's, it's getting tiresome to an extent. And I mean, I just do believe that they need to call out on that to an extent, at least from my perspective, I don't know how you fare on that. Yeah. I mean, um, I think for years now it's been an apparent problem. Yeah, no, most definitely. And I mean, you can kind of split hairs in between guys that we could or could not have got instead of Kemba or Faku for that matter. I mean, DSJ had an explosive start to the season for the Hornets, but he's since cooled off a lot. He's been getting some DMPCDs. Same with Dragic with the Bulls. Um, but I mean, both of those guys, I mean, I still think could fill a solid um, gap on this Mavericks team in terms of that third ball handler situation. Um, you know, in terms like, you know, barring the actual basketball on court fit, Kemba is not some sort of, um, you know, get out of jail free card for the Mavericks. That's just going to come save their season. Right. I mean, this isn't like the dynamic uh, wing that can, uh, you know, create offense or, you know, that distinguished third ball in or that is at least on a Dinwiddie level or better that we have like really been pining for that the Mavericks likely need to take this team to the next step. I don't think Kemba's that at this stage in his career. The, there's obviously been some chronic knee issues that have persisted with him, and that was very readily apparent in his last year with New York um, and some of his uh, latter time in Boston. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's only 32. It, you'd think that he might be a little bit older, I guess, given how long he's really not been playing. You know, he obviously got traded on draft night to the Pistons, got waived and all that hasn't been on NBA roster to start the season. Um, so, you know, there, there have obviously been some, you know, injury issues that persisted and things of that nature. But if he's able to stay healthy, this is a guy that can at least come in and, you know, I'm sure he, the shooting and, you know, just the, you know, obscene quickness that we saw from him when he was on the Bobcats slash Hornets 
obviously wasn't, you know, what it once was. I mean, he was an all, you know, this was guy was like a four or five time all-star. I mean, he's really good, really, really, really good playmaker for the Hornets. Um, you know, we're not expecting him to come in and bring that in, obviously. Um, but if he can just, you know, to be that stopgap point guard for the Mavericks that can relieve just maybe 15 minutes from Luca and Dinwiddie, maybe even 20 minutes on a given night, you know, get hot occasionally, you know, sure he'll have his down swings of games and stuff. I mean, that could bode well for the Mavericks in terms of managing Luca and Dinwiddie throughout the year. I'm not saying it's enough to, uh, you know, elevate the Mavericks multiple spots in the standings, but I mean, given that he does come in and play well, that's an if, of course, um, this could definitely lead to a few more wins for the Mavericks, needless to say. I mean, it could, who knows, it could be the difference between, you know, being in the play-in and like being in the sixth seed. We don't, we don't really know how the season's going to yeah. shake out, of course. It could be the difference between being in the ninth or the eighth seed. I mean, I don't, you know, needless to say, this Mavericks team, this is not a cure-all for the third ball and horse weight uh, situation. This isn't um, fixing all the Mavericks issues in terms of their, you know, their wing depth and, um, you know, the lack of a rim protector. Like this, this team still has many issues that are going to persist, but it's nice to at least see, you know, even if virtue of, their own action and you know them never you know they will they'll never be um they'll always be too prideful to come out to the fans and be like oh we messed up they'll just be like yeah the, you know they'll try to justify it as if oh yeah you know fuck you just wasn't working out so you wouldn't got to upgrade but you know uh blah, blah 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 they'll never admit that they should have just done this in the first place right um but he he Kemba Walker, you know, I guess 19 games in after the Mavericks are now under 500 at nine and 10, it's better than nothing is basically yeah, my information. Well, do you have any um, thoughts that you'd like to uh, bounce off of that? Yeah, no, I, I think that like, look, like Faku wasn't playing minutes for this team. He played all of three minutes in that um, Milwaukee game. And those were all garbage time. I think that Kemba at least gives you the ability to put him on the floor um and look i i think pretty uh, like earnestly i really do think he takes away tim hardaway jr minutes which at this point in the season thank god um no i mean 100 percent because you know especially with faku not really being able to you know really being competent enough to play in every game the mavericks have looked at tim hardaway jr to create offense yeah. during spurts and i mean just listen to our last three podcasts if you want our thoughts on how that's been <laughs> yeah i mean for real like honestly I mean, you know, he hasn't played an NBA game this year, obviously. He hasn't been on an NBA roster this year. I think there's going to be some growing pains. Um, but with that being said, you know, at the very least, Kemba offers you a veteran sort of feeling to an already sort of veteranized roster. But not um, a roster with, I guess, a plethora of yeah. championship and playoff experience. I'm not saying Kemba has that, but he's a guy who's had to carry a lot of teams as, you know, that lone guy. And I mean, I think that that's a, that's definitely like a malleable trait that he can pass on to some of these younger guys. You know, he's, a, he's always been a class act. Um, and, you know, just seeing how he'll be able to, you know, mentor like a Jaden Hardy, for instance. Things exactly. That nature. That's my, yeah. you know, you bring up some really good points right there um, in terms of his veteran leadership. I, I saw that kind of passed around on Twitter today as well. Um, so, I mean, you know, at the absolute worst, I think he'll be a great locker room guy. You know, I don't, I like Faku and, you know, yes, he's older, but at the same time, 
you know, he came into the NBA at like 29, 30 years old. So he didn't really have the time to, you know, while he was an older player, he wasn't, you know, that distinguished veteran who has exactly. all the NBA experience to really pass on. He's just kind of fighting for his life out there. You know, Kemba's a guy, you know, well, he may admittedly not, not have been through, you know, all the playoff woes and everything. He's a guy who's who's been through a lot, especially having to carry some of those Bobcats teams. And I mean, he 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 wants to win. He's not here, you know, he's not playing at this stage in his career um to come in and you know, I, I think that he'll know his role. Um exactly. especially after yeah. you know that sort of albatross of a season with the Knicks. I think I don't I don't think Kemba's gonna mess up the chemistry by any means. If that was any sort of a question in terms of him, you know, wanting play more playing time or any of that sort of stuff. So I mean, I think that that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, like I, you know, the one question that just kind of loomed in my head, and this is sort of a stretch here. Uh, why not Hardy? Um, you know, Jane Hardy has been tearing it up in the G League, of course, but at this point in the season, like the Mavs really didn't have anything to lose. That's why I'm not, I'm not, you know thrilled but I'm not like PO'd about this signing because again like what did the Mavs have to lose but then again you know what did the Mavs have to lose like why not play a guy like Hardy or at this point like get him on the roster um that way you know he can learn from the Kimball Walkers whatever it may be right um and you know Kimball Walker has a lot to offer Jane Hardy um you know Hardy I haven't really looked at his uh, – I know he's been tearing it up in the G League, but I haven't really been watching any of his games. So I don't really know how he's doing it. Um, but just, like, being a playmaker. Uh, you know, Kimball Walker did that really – or, like, he did that really well in his stints in Charlotte. And, I mean, like, what does this team have to lose? Like, that's my big thing. So Yeah, well, I mean, I think in terms of Hardy, um, you know, he's been shooting the heck out of the ball in the G League. He's – you know, obviously done some really good things down there, but we still have seen a lot of games, you know, even if he's putting up like 41 points where he'll have like seven turnovers, you can definitely see the woes and growing yeah, yeah. of becoming a playmaker um, still there. You know, if the Mavericks were really looking to call for a playmaker specifically, I, you know, I would think more of the McKinley Wright sort of elk. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, I think that Hardy should, should have been called up amidst, this whole Tim Hardaway Jr. thing. And I think he still should be called called up because I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. is not a playmaker on this team. And I'm, um, you know, not, not for the sake of, um, you know, Tim Hart, you know, Hardy, like is, you know, completely in hundred percent NBA ready. Like, yes, he's tearing it the heck up in the G league, of course. Um, but, you know, from the standpoint that Tim Hardaway Jr. is just basically becoming a non-contributing zero to the Mavericks. I mean, surely Jaden Hardy can provide more than Tim is doing if if he's playing in that sort of shooting guard role off the bench where he doesn't have to worry about, you know, creating as much and you can kind of defer to Kemba for those sort of, um, you know, asks. So, I mean, I I still think that there's a role in this team for for Hardy if he were to get called up, especially amidst these Tim struggles. If Tim's able to flip it around, then, you know, that's a different discussion. Maybe Hardy, you know, can get more time in Frisco. But, you know, you you do bring up a good point there in terms of – how Hardy could learn from Kemba Walker, which would be um, really cool to see, you know, cause you know, Dinwiddie and Luca, you know, they're, you know, while they're, you know, technically, I guess, veterans or whatever, um, you know, these are, I guess, you know, sort of the, um, these are essentially like the leaders of this team from a basketball perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think Kemba could definitely be one of those off court leaders um, for the Mavericks, you know, those guys, you know, it's harder, 
you know, when you're in the prime of your career and you're really trying to just gouge out every single win you can, you know, play your, your best like Dinwiddie and Luca are to, you know, really, you know, take that time on the side and, you know, mentor young players, something that, you know, Kemba Walker was relegated to maybe a 15, 20 minute role per game for the Mavericks. He could, you know, definitely do. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, that kind of wraps up our thoughts in terms of, um, you know, what we think um, about the process in terms of the Mavericks getting to this Kemba Walker signing and um, what we think some of the off-court benefactors of him coming onto this team are. Um, and I know you had mentioned that obviously Kemba is better than Faku. I mean, I think a lot of players are better than Faku. <laughs> and we're going to get into the fit here in a second. But yes, like both of them are smaller guards. You still, still have defensive concerns. But when you're a smaller guard and you can't shoot, I mean, that that's really hard for you to play on an NBA court. And Kemba can, you know, he's had his struggle shooting the ball, but he has a proven track record of at least being able to hit, you know, a pull-up jump shot pretty consistently throughout his career. Even if it may be stretchy in spurts as he's getting older, he doesn't have as much lift on his shot. Like he's certainly going to be better than Faku's, you know, sub 30% uh, from three. So, I mean, that's the reason that he's effectively better than Faku. If any of you guys are out there wondering, oh, he's a small guard, doesn't play defense. What is the difference? You know, that that's the reason. Uh, so in terms of a basketball fit that Kemba Walker is going to have on this Mavericks team, you know, we already talked maybe about a 15, 20 minute uh, role per game off the bench. I don't, I think the Mavericks hopefully have acknowledged that, you know, this isn't some sort of um, like Faku-esque thing where, oh, like, you know, he'll still only play one of five games. We just rather have a guy better than Faku out there in those instances. You know, I, you never know with Jason Kidd. I'll say that much. I saw Bibbs bring that up on Twitter. You never know with Jason Kidd, right? Um, but I, 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 needless to say, I think the Mavericks signing Kemba Walker was them admitting to an extent that, yes, we are wrong, even if they'll never come out and say it. So I think for that reason, I think he does at least have a definite role in this team, if it, even if it isn't some sort of, you know, insane six man type of role. I mean, who knows what Walker could get, get into, you know, he is only 32. There is some like upside to this that we, you know, I, I don't want to really get into too much because, you know, that's kind of looking at the utmost of idealistic scenarios in terms of how he might fare here. If he starts, you know, playing even like 70% of how he played in Charlotte, right. You know, he, he may still have a year or two left. Who knows how much more gas he has left in the tank, but you know, we're, we're going to judge him based on, you know, these chronic knee issues and sort of this, you know, rough stretch with New York, but also kind of teetering on, you know, just in terms of a having a little bit of optimism in there because he has had some time to sort of recoup ever since he hasn't really played with the Knicks in a while. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just looking at uh, Kemba's on-court fit, of course, um, like what do you think he can provide to this Mavericks team if he – you know, let's, like we said, let's basically stage this as if he's going to play 15, 20 minutes. You never know with Jason Kidd. Um, but what do you think he can provide from an offensive perspective? And perspective, and what do you, uh, what sort of burdens do you think he can expel and uh, reprimand from Luca and Spencer Dinwiddie? Yeah, so I think, like, honestly, Kimba's a mix of three guys on this roster. I think Kimba has a little bit of the playmaking styles that Luca does. He has a little bit of like the the moves and savviness that uh, Spencer has, and then yeah, a little I, he, bit of, I definitely see the whole like side to side movement yeah. in terms of their play style. And 
to add, you know, he has a little bit of the, I guess, gutsy shots like Tim Hardaway does. Um, you know, I think he's going to bear just a big burden off of these two guys in particular, uh, Spencer and Luca there being just because he can go in there and, you know, he can do, he can, he can have his own minutes. He can have his own lineup. Uh, like you can really run an offense through this guy. And this is even his stint in New York. Like there was at times where the Knicks were running their whole entire offense through him. Um, now with that being said, like, do I want him going out there and doing what Spencer has had to do for half these times that Luca isn't on the court? Uh, and that's basically just being a one man guy. Like, I don't want him doing that. You know, of course, with his knee injuries and everything, I don't know if he can do that now. Um, no, but I think that, like, especially in those non-Luka minutes, I think that's we'll, where we're going to see Kemba most prevalently, right? Yeah, he'll without be, a fact. He'll like, be getting to play with Spencer and kind of being that secondary ball handler to Spencer, you know, being able to attack off of um, closeouts. And, you know, I think it'll definitely bode well in those times that Luka or Spencer is getting, you know, particularly Luka spent with, if Kemba's playing with him you know, having a guy capable of being able to furbish some offense in a four and three scenario when Luca gets blitzed. I mean, those are the scenarios that I think that he could really help in. Yeah. To me, I, I think the absolute like ceiling of this guy as a Maverick would, if you like rewind to the KP trade, I think the absolute worst, what we expected out of this, like basically Spencer Dinwiddie was what we could see out of Kimball Walker a guy who gives you 15 to 20 minutes, some solid, some not, um, and just kind of does his thing. Like we weren't really expecting too much out of Spencer uh, until we really saw what we got. Yeah. And then he, I mean, I was going to say, I think a, a fairly decent comparison would be like the worst case scenario would be like Trey Burke. Or yeah. Worst case scenario would be I like, absolutely. Like it would be like a Trey Burke. He comes in every few games um he just and, doesn't really have much gas left in the tank as much as we thought you know yeah exactly yeah. like and there's some scenarios like look like the way that this Mavericks team has gone this season there's probably going to be something um now it like for me fit wise this is a band-aid uh I think that the Mavericks team in a in a way is just kind of buying time like I think I said this at the beginning of podcast is just buying time till trade deadline season um I don't think they're really asking too much out of Kimba which is probably the best thing for Kimba um but you know with that being said like is this the end-all be-all third ball handler that we need and we've said this time and time again on this podcast like no he's not going to be yeah no most definitely um like needless to say like obviously the Mavericks are really limited in terms of their flexibility more so than even years prior so could Kimba be the only third ball handler on this roster after the trade deadline like I don't think that's crazy to say um the Mavericks may not have the ability to make another move right yeah exactly um, but it'll be interesting to see how he plays obviously you know smaller guard aging you know he's you know semi made up for like his size uh, occasionally on the defensive end with his quickness but overall he's a pretty big liability on defense throughout his career so obviously you know especially if you know you're playing him with Tim, that's going to be really rough, especially when you're going against, you know, teams that have a really good opposing guard coming off the bench. Like you look at it like a Grizzlies team with like Tyus Jones, like you could definitely have some issues there. So that's why I really hope that this sort of relegates and moves Tim out of the rotation to an extent. That's like, that would be the biggest win out of all exactly. this. If Kemba can just give you solid 15, 20 minutes, 20 minutes a night, sort of move Tim out of the rotation 
Um, and, you know, you kind of have uh, Kemba and Dinwiddie to, that can, you know, come off the bench and lead your second unit. Both of those guys can, you know, play a more of a spot-up role if they need to, too. I mean, Dinwiddie's catch-and-shoot numbers have been amazing this year. I mean, that's the idealistic scenario, right, because we know Kemba is already going to be a liability on defense. So you might as well be getting uh, something at, on offense when, when you're, you know, playing with that second unit because, you know, if you have Spencer in there, that's going to bode a lot better for you than if you have Tim there. So I can really hope he replaces Tim in that aspect. Um, you know, and it'll be interesting to see how he can, um, if Kemba gets run with Luca, how that'll all work. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's reason to be excited for this. Um, not like insanely optimistic by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, the Mavericks, we can acknowledge that they screwed up, uh, having not, made this move earlier. I mean, we talked yeah. about that at nauseum, but at least I finally realized it after 19 games. So, you know, uh, do you have any other thoughts on, in terms of Kemba's fit in Dallas or how, you know, his, his role is going to play? I mean, I do want to mention really quickly, he has not been officially signed. Faku has been officially waived. Kemba has not been officially signed. So I don't know when his debut is going to be. I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow versus who do we play again, Jaren? You always have me coming. Uh, Warriors. The Warriors, yes. I don't know. I don't think it'll be tomorrow versus the Warriors. I'm sure he has to, like, do some physicals and all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, I think after that we could definitely um, see his debut come uh, the Mavericks play Saturday. Yeah, Saturday and then December. Yeah, if he played then, then he'd get to debut against his last team, the Knicks, at the Garden. Yeah, I mean, I think that's idealistic of what we're Yeah, I I think that's most likely, yeah. Um, But, like – um, I had a, uh, I had a thought and it went away. Uh-huh. Um, what was I going to say? Keep, keep rambling on. Uh, let me, let me think. About okay. This. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, uh, nonetheless, I'm, I'm excited to, um, see, especially if like we have like a Luca or Dinwiddie injury, um, that may burden us through any stretch. Yeah. I mean, this gives yeah. me a little more of a blanket of security. Exactly. Uh, than Faku would for sure. Um, so that that definitely is helpful, but you know, not 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 anything groundbreaking. We only did the emergency pod today because you guys voted for it on Twitter. Um, but needless to say, I'm at least excited a little bit for something different because yeah, at least games, it, yeah. it's a change, um, something different we can talk about. But okay, I remember what I was going to talk about. Okay, go ahead. So, um, you know, at times, of course, we saw that like three ball handler lineup. I wonder if we're going to see any implications of that at any point this year. I know, like, Kemba's, of course, not going to be anywhere near the level that Spencer was last year, but... I mean, it's, it's, Kemba would definitely have to, you know, turn back the clock a little bit and at least get, you know, 80, 75% of his Charlotte self, uh, I think, for the Mavericks to consider running a three-ball indoor lineup because... I just think... I think, I think with this one specifically, like, I think Kemba is even more of a defensive liability than Brunson yeah. is. I just think that would be really hard to play both him, Luca, and Dinwiddie together. You know, even though Luca's a fairly average defender and Dinwiddie's had his moments this year too. You know, both of those guys are like average defenders, you know, occasionally, depending on the game, Dinwiddie and Doncic can both be above average defender. But I don't know. It's just kind of shaky in that aspect, especially with how small he is. But I don't know. You never – that may be something kid looks into because, you know, the, the three-ball handover lineup was actually largely like ineffective – um during a lot of stretches last year in terms of the advanced metrics but um there were like you know i think if they had gone to it during certain stretches in the playoffs it could have worked a little better um but yeah do you have anything else 
No, honestly, I don't like um I, I'm excited the fact that there's finally something different to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Um, we can at least talk about how Kimba plays, his debut, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. But uh I hope it goes well. Like this is honestly, I'm not gonna lie, this might be like uh at least the, the Faku composite I was a little mad at. This signing, I'm just that's like really just neutral feelings. So yeah, I'm very indifferent as well. Um, but yeah, I wanted to get this one out for you guys, of course, since you voted for it on Twitter. Um, but barring that, follow us on Twitter at mainstream underscore Mavs, of course. Uh, subscribe to our podcast on any podcast pla- uh, platform that you're listening on, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever you're listening on. We're on basically everything. Um, and give us a five star rating if you can on your podcast platform. Uh, with that being said, uh, welcome to Dallas Kimba Walker, and we will Sorry. catch you after the Warriors game tomorrow night. Bye bye. Bye.